Would you bow your heads in prayer? There is no one like You, Lord. None beside You. And so in these next moments, open our eyes and wonder and show us who You are. Fill us with Your heart. Lead us to show Your love to others. In Your name, Amen. Someone once asked Ronald Reagan, and I may have have used this introduction here before. I'm old enough now that I can't remember what I said where. But someone asked Ronald Reagan once, what was the secret of getting so much done when he started out as president? And he said, well, I take one ball at a time. I throw it up in the air. I catch it. And then I take the next ball. Wouldn't it be great if life came that way? One ball at a time. But the reality is that more often than not, it comes multiple balls at a time. And you're all thinking, is he going to throw these up in the air and catch them? No to either question. Okay? I think when I, when I thought about this, I thought about Linda when she was a young mother, and we had, at that time, three children, and it'd be early in the morning, and she would be, she'd have one child in her arm, the two boys asking her questions on the phone, combing her hair, making breakfast, all at the same time. And that would boggle my mind. My brain doesn't work this way. Now, for those of you ladies, you probably have noticed this. Men, if you want to mess with their minds, mess up their morning routine. Because most men do the same 15 things in the same order every Sunday when they get up. The first things they do. And if you mess that up on them, they'll be cranky. And I see some of the men laughing because they know it's true. They're thinking, they're thinking back to the things they do. What if it wasn't balls? What if it was three balls, and I don't have one here because I forgot to grab one, and an egg? All of a sudden, you're not worried about the balls anymore, are you? You're going to catch the egg. Because if the egg falls, the egg breaks, right? And you've got a mess. And if you've got multiple balls and multiple eggs in the air, you're going to have a mess, aren't you? Well, that's the problem. Especially here in America. Most of us have many balls and many eggs up in the air all at once. We have job responsibilities, we have family responsibilities, church responsibilities, friendship responsibilities, school responsibilities. Everybody, it seems, expects something from us, and no matter what we do, there's going to be someone that isn't happy with how we respond, or what we didn't do, or how we give. And if you're a person like me who wants to please everybody, it's going to be overwhelming at times. You know... The other day I had someone tell me, 
but he wants to get a social life back. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, I'd like to be able to do things with my friends. Why don't you? He says, because I don't have the time. I got too many things going on. I think there's a lot of people who feel like that. Feel like they don't have the time. It's overwhelming. I wonder how many of you ever sometimes feel like you're overwhelmed by what's going on in our culture. Overwhelmed by things like the news, like what happened in Uvalde. Maybe overwhelmed by what's happening to prices. When a $40 gallon of gas costs 80, 90, 100. You know, it's also true for us as a congregation. A long time ago, before I was here, Fishers was a bigger congregation. But we're not a huge congregation right now. We're a medium sized congregation, and I want to tell you, about a little bit of a characteristic of a medium-sized congregation, because I've been pastors of them before, even you, okay? Um, They are like teenagers. They think they can do everything. And so they like to throw lots of balls in the air and try to catch them all. But they can't do it. They have to decide, what are the eggs? (laughs) And what are you going to catch? Do like Ronald Reagan, a couple of things really well, and then start building. One of the hardest part of that? The hardest part is not the balls in the air, but it's our refusal to admit that we can't handle it all. We can't catch them all. You know, if, it, if you've ever known an alcoholic, an alcoholic will tell you, a recovering alcoholic, that he's, he never started recovering until he could admit that he couldn't do it on his own, that he needed help. And I think a lot of us are like that in a lot of areas of our life. We're too proud to admit, too self-righteous, whatever, to admit that we need help. But my friends, there's no shame in saying, I can't do this. A few years ago, I was asked to do the ordination of a young pastor. He had been one of my students at Concordia. And so I called him. I said, so how are you feeling about this? And he said, Pastor, I'm scared to death. I said, what are you scared? He said, I don't know if I can do the job of a pastor. I don't know if I'm up to it. And I looked at him. I said, that's great. He said, what? I said, God wants you to realize you can't do it yourself. That way you'll learn to trust Him. You know, I I love when people tell me, I don't really, when people tell me that God will never give you more than you can handle. If you haven't heard me say it before, hear it now, that's baloney. Of course God is going to give you more than you can handle, because if He only had what you can handle, you wouldn't turn to Him. He puts us in situations all the time where I can't handle this. Lord, help me. Because that's the worship He desires, you know. That we would say, Lord, help me. See, that's... The first step 
that God wants to work in you. To admit our need and look to Him in prayer. And that's a great place for fishers to be. I know that, that I'm retiring in a few months. But, you know, even though I'm not going to be here for it, I'm excited about fishers. I'm excited about the new vision we've got, which is a big vision, more than this congregation can handle right now, to be a family-focused congregation. I'm excited about this new pastor you got coming, Pastor Ridley. Every time I talk to him, I, I think, wow, I love this guy. But you know what I'm most excited about? About you. I'm excited because I believe God is ready to show you all that He can do in you and through you. He is about to answer the prayer that Paul prays for every church in Ephesians chapter 1. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know His incomparably great power for us who believe. That power, Paul goes on, is like the working of His mighty strength, which He exerted in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. He would take your eyes and mine off of what we can't do and place them on what He has done and can do and will do. He would have us look to Jesus who was tempted in every way as we are but didn't sin. He would point us to Jesus who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of God. He would point us to the cross where all the balls and all the eggs were thrown up in the air all at one time and Jesus caught them all. Where He bore the burden of sin for all mankind, where He paid the price for all our failures, where He defeated death, when on the third day He rose again from the dead. He would point us to that tomb. He would tell us, I caught them all. And that's the power. His power is at work in you, in me, and in this congregation. The very power that raised Jesus from the dead seated Him at His right hand lives and works in your hearts and in this congregation. Don't ever forget that. God has placed all things under His feet and appointed Him to be head over everything for the church. You! which is His body. The fullness of Him who fills everything in every way. God has taken those Easter hands we've been talking about and He has placed them at His right hand so that now His Easter hands can be at work in each of us. You know, I was reading a story as I got ready for the sermon today. It's about a, a father who found out that his son... His daughter, his six-year-old daughter, has something called Turner's disease. It's a disease that affects your growth as a person, and so she won't grow and develop naturally. She'll never be able to have children. And in fact, 
so that she can grow, she has to receive a shot of growth hormone every day for the next 15 years of her life until she's 21 years of old. That's one huge egg to have thrown up into the air, isn't it? And so he told his two oldest sons, 13 and 11, about their sister and what was going on. And the oldest boy says, Dad, can't we help her? What can we do? And he said, well, you could pray for her. And that night he found his 13-year-old curled up on the floor next to her bed, hands folded in prayer. And a couple weeks later, she was crying, the girl, because she didn't want to take the shot. And the 11-year-old said, Dad, does she have to? Can I take the shot for her? And that's when it hit him. The father realized we don't have to catch this ball on our own. No, my son can't take the shot for his sister. But that's what God's Son did for everyone. That's what God's Son did for us. He took the shot. He bore the burden. That day, the next day, the father was reading in Scripture and the passage that God put before him was from Philippians chapter 4, have no anxiety about anything. Instead, in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God, which passes understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The Father says, God was telling me, you know, you can't handle this. But that's okay. I can. Give it to me. And since then, the Father says, I've had a peace knowing that whatever God has in store for my little girl, it's going to be okay. That day he learned the lesson that what's impossible for God, for us, is easy for Jesus. Folks, that's the message of the ascension. No, we can't handle it. Some days we can't handle any of it. It's too much. But thank God that our Lord Jesus, the one whose hands we've been talking about, the one whose hands bear those scars, the living resurrection hands of your shepherd who holds you, thank God they are at the right hand of God. His powerful hands with the whole world, with you and me in His hands. Some days He would use the comforting words of a little boy who wants to help his little sister to remind you. Some days it'll be a friend who shows up at just the right moment. Some days it'll be the Scripture that's there for your devotion in the morning, which is just exactly what you needed to hear. Always the message is the same. Always, He says to us, whatever may overwhelm you, quit looking at that and look to Me. To Jesus. The author and perfecter of your faith. Give it to me, he said. I can handle it. Amen? Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life that is everlasting. Amen.